Hello and welcome to the Strategic Bookkeeper Podcast. In today's episode, we dive into my seven ingredients to a thriving practice. This is my secret sauce recipe for how to build a thriving practice, delight your clients and live your dream on your terms. Stay tuned and I'll wrap it all up with a no-cost killer resource that I guarantee will move the needle in your business. I'm Jeannie Savage, the Strategic Bookkeeper. I'm an award-winning entrepreneur, author, speaker, trainer, and coach. After 13 years in practice and after scaling into a lifestyle business where I could choose my own adventure, I'm sharing my secrets to success, my secret sauce recipe on how to build a thriving practice, delight your clients, and ultimately live your dream on your terms. This podcast is a companion to my book. In each weekly episode, I'll share strategies for scaling and success. This is your time to shine, to step up, to become a strategic bookkeeper and enjoy all the benefits it brings to you and your clients. Hello, hello. Before we dive into this very first podcast, I want to let you know how I record my podcast. So I am, as many bookkeepers are, pretty organized. (laughs) Um, And with my podcast, I'm really keen to deliver high value information to you and to meet certain objectives for every podcast so that I can dazzle you (laughs) Um, with stuff that actually moves the needle. So I've got notes in front of me. So if you hear me shuffling, you'll know why. My podcasts are intended to be a mix of structure and strategy as well as raw and real rather than polished. If you've read my book and you've read about the value approach, I use the value approach in everything I do. And that is uh, rather than worry about whether you're going to like this, I worry solely about the value that I can deliver to you. So with that said, let's get stuck in. So the seven ingredients in my secret sauce recipe to build a thriving practice are brand, menu, attraction, conversion, succession, systems, and team. These are the things that when I reflect on all my many years in practice and how I got to where I got to, my dream on my terms, and also when I reflected on the early years and when it was hard and when there were so many things that I didn't know, it was like, what if I knew that? (laughs) What if somebody had have told me all of that? And then what else would I have needed? And this is how I came up with my seven ingredients and also my program. Now, the resource that I'm going to give you today is access to the book that I've written in, and there's a free version, which is in an ebook version that you can pop on your Kindle, etc. You will have the opportunity to buy a hard copy if you're a hard copy kind of person. And I do have an audio book coming and it's due for release sometime in March. So this podcast on the seven ingredients is designed to give you like a really great uh, 20 minute summary, but the resource is designed to be a book that you are going to use as a how-to guide to read once, to learn it all, and then to use to implement it all, okay? And there is a Facebook group and at the end of this podcast, um, I mentioned that again and there's also links to it in the show notes. 
The seven ingredients are brand, menu, attraction, conversion, succession, systems and team. And my intention now is to give you a very brief uh, explanation of what each one is and the benefits so that you get a taste for it and then you can use the book to go deeper. So brand, we'll start there. So your brand is your organization's personality. It's your vibe, okay? Your vibe, which attracts your tribe. Brand is not brand asset. A brand asset is a logo, a brochure, a website, etc. Okay, so brand assets are great and they're powerful and they work when, they work best when developed using a clear strategic brand. Your brand is also known as your why. So why you exist, which is the ultimate outcome you want for a client. For example, clarity, a thriving business. Okay, so your brand is your why. It's why you exist. And it's backed up by how and what. So how do you achieve your why for your clients and what you do, which is your services? Well, bookkeepers often lead with what rather than why, which is expanded on in my book. So I would really encourage you to use the Blinkist app to read the summary of the book called Start With Why by Stephen Sinek as it eloquently conveys the power of starting with why. The benefits of brand go on forever because brand is the gift that will keep on giving. I want to give you three key benefits now to brand, which are number one, client attraction, number two, connection, and number three, competitive advantage. So think about those for a minute. So you absolutely need to attract clients to your practice, right? So this is about client attraction. But when you are in buying mode or in research mode, don't you want to connect with the person or the brand? Absolutely, you do. And brand is about competitive advantage. So I know you don't want to compete on price. You want to compete on value and outcomes uh, and, and more. And so brand is absolutely about competitive advantage. So your brand conveyed primarily through your digital brand assets like your website, your social media and so on is how your market can get to know, like and trust you 24-7, how they can connect with you, which is so important, and how they'll discover why they should work with you rather than your competitors without price as a priority. That's a nutshell. It's a big nutshell. (laughs) So this is, once again, about your organization's vibe attracting your ideal tribe. It's about connection. I could give you examples, but I really think the example that they use in Stephen Sinek's book, Start With Why, which will only take you 10 or 15 minutes to listen to on the Blinkist app, will give you a really great explanation. So once again, I recommend that. So now let's move on to menu. It may sound a bit strange, menu (laughs) in a bookkeeping practice. So please do not think about a restaurant menu. That's not where um, menu was uh, inspired by. So I want you to think of a day spa menu with beautiful images, which quickly relaxes you and connects you to why you are in the day spa. So I just explained that your brand is not your brand asset, right? That it's your vibe. It's your organization's personality. 
Well, your menu is actually a key digital brand asset, kind of like a multi-purpose brochure. Your menu is how you start with why when you're talking to prospective clients and clients about what they need and want. Think of it a little bit like a translator. So bookkeepers naturally lead with what? What you do. They talk about the features, the functions and the tasks. I do bookkeeping. I can catch you up on your books. They lead with what? I lead with what? I'm a bookkeeper, but I have a powerful menu that I use in my process to prevent me from starting with what and to help me start with why every single time. So your menu is how you make sure you don't lead with what. Remembering that what is your services, like your bookkeeping and the fee attached. People don't actually buy what you do, and they certainly don't want to pay a premium for the what. They buy why you do it, why you exist, meaning they buy benefits, not features. So to give you an example, here's three possible benefits that can come from bookkeeping. Clarity, peace of mind, a thriving business. They don't buy bookkeeping, they buy the benefits of the bookkeeping. And your menu is built to talk to your prospective clients and your clients in this language. If I was to summarize the benefits of menu in one short sentence, it would be to improve conversion without a focus on price. Conversion of prospects into clients and conversion of basic bookkeeping clients into strategic bookkeeping clients with outcomes and value and benefits as priority rather than price. Attraction is the third ingredient. Client attraction. This is a big subject. As I say in my book, I could write an entire book on client attraction. And you will absolutely find um, tons of information in the chapter in my book on client attraction. And then you'll also find a playbook with even more information. And then I'm going to do more podcasts on all different parts of client attraction. But for now... Firstly, I'm very passionate about educating bookkeepers to understand that simply finding new clients or generating leads on its own does not build a thriving practice. The ability to convert more leads into high-paying clients, turn those clients into raving fans, sell succession service services and retain them forever is where the transformation happens, not when you find a new client. In fact, I meet many bookkeepers who have managed to find a way to find new clients that are failing to thrive. Okay, so it is not the silver bullet. So that said, uh, there are some attraction strategies that work best in our bookkeeping industry. And one thing I will say is it's important to understand that client attraction is anything that you do to attract new clients. And the list is kind of endless. You can stand on the street wearing a sign that says, I'm a bookkeeper, come use me. Uh, I'm the cheapest, I'm the whatever. (laughs) Um, But in terms of your return on investment of time and money, because the two things are very important. So for the time you put in, and or the money you put in, what are the activities that tend to return the best outcomes, give you the best bang for buck? And before I tell you what they are, uh, I will say this. 
If you are struggling to make client attraction strategies work for you when they seem to be working for other bookkeepers, I would suggest that it is definitely because you don't have all the other pieces of the puzzle in place. I have met extraordinarily skilled, talented, intelligent, amazing bookkeepers that struggle to uh, either find new clients or convince those prospective clients that they're worth working with, uh, struggle to compete with other bookkeepers, even though they are Ferraris. They're better, faster, <laughs> smarter. Okay, so you may have heard it before that being great at what you do doesn't necessarily mean you have the skills and experience to run a successful business, which is why getting all the pieces of the puzzle in place is what makes everything work. So starting with brand and getting that right, um, getting your menu in place is just so incredibly powerful. And then that will lead to your client attraction strategies working so much better, which is why it's a third step. And I call these steps and ingredients, right? Because they do work in order, like you need your brand in place and you need your menu in place, then client attraction is going to work better. But they're also a recipe because when you combine all those seven ingredients in harmony, they just work so well. The key strategies that work for client attraction are no big secret. I think the secret lies in how you make them work. So the ones that work really, really well uh, business networking, which I know some of you will go, yuck. So I've actually, I've prepared a podcast on networking um, for you as well. But business networking, meaning relationship building. So getting out there, meeting people and building relationships. So that's definitely one. From there, when you're meeting people, setting up partnerships like referral relationships is absolutely killer if you get it right. And I go into quite a lot of detail in my book about that. And I have a program which you can get links to in the show notes. Also nurturing your database. So once you are in practice and you start to meet people and build relationships, you are building a database. So investing in that database and segmenting it and keeping in touch with everyone is one of the very powerful strategies. Uh, also list building. So there's some really cool list building activities that you can do, like running events. Definitely relationships, referrals, and partnerships is where it's at. But getting everything into your database and nurturing that database, keeping in touch with everyone is really important too. Okay. So they are the main strategies that are going to get you the biggest result. And in my book, I go into all the different strategies, um, which I also go into the paid strategies like um, SEO and Google AdWords and that kind of thing. And I help you with how to make them work. I could go on about client attraction forever. <laughs> attraction needs attention. It's something that you have to put effort into all the time. And I promise I will be there for you on this podcast, in the book, in my program, in the socials. I'm going to be there for you. I've got your back. I'm excited. Next ingredient, conversion. If the word conversion sounds salesy, I did it on purpose <laughs> because I really, I know it's important to push ourselves out of our comfort zone and bookkeepers, they hate sales and they, they, they get icky around sales and marketing and they tend to 
say, nope, I'm not good at this. I'm not comfortable with this. And if you're feeling that way, I want you to pause and take a breath and know that I'm not going anywhere in terms of your limit, in terms of your limiting beliefs, the ones that aren't serving you. I want to help make your current ceiling your new floor. Okay. You can do this. I've built this for you. So I put that word in there, conversion. I could have made it something softer just to challenge you to understand that everything has the meaning we give it. And so when I say conversion, I really mean a way to help prospective clients self-assess their need, their desire to work with you. Because as I said before, I've seen extraordinary bookkeepers that can't convert perspective clients, not because they're not amazing, okay? It's just because they don't have a way to help that perspective client. I also call them PCs, um, just because they don't have a way to convey their value. This is about conveying your value, but the word conversion is there to also help you uh, step up step out of your comfort zone and get a little bit comfortable with some sales and marketing terminology. Conversion is a process, my friends. It is most certainly not going from needs analysis to your proposed what solution. That is a recipe for a cost-focused client. So, if you are doing that, going from doing the needs analysis to, present, to presenting your services and their attached fee, then there is a lot of room for improvement, room to learn how to use a strategic end-to-end conversion process that conveys your value and removes price as an objection. So the resource, the book, will walk you through all of that. The next ingredient is succession. It's an ingredient I am so passionate about. Now, when I say succession, I mean what's next. So what's next on the journey? What else is on the menu for your existing VIP clients? So I call all your clients, your regular clients that are paying you on a monthly basis and trusting you, VIPs, very important people, oh my goodness. Succession is where you go beyond basic bookkeeping and solve problems for your clients, not just your prospective clients. So when you bring on a new client, it doesn't stop there. We start by selling them what they want and then we eventually give them what they need. That might be a lot to digest. Take it one step at a time. Use the book, engage in my socials, and I promise it will all make sense over time and the magic will happen. Succession products can be anything from investigating the numbers to any number of your secret skills productized to benefit your clients. Succession alone has the power to transform your business and your life. So an example of how succession services revolutionize my practice. So the clients who have opted into succession services where we have either been investigating the numbers of alone as a service or offered business strategy service, they have turned out to be the happiest raving fan clients who saw their cost become an investment that in their own words, they couldn't do without. 
So succession products are absolutely the future of our bookkeeping industry. They are how you future-proof, adapt to automation and AI and robotics and avoid having to compete with cheap overseas labour and up your value and have more fun. (laughs) Um, And just like every element um, of the seven ingredient secret sauce, start slow and I promise to be there to keep educating you along the way. Once again, the book goes into a lot more detail. The second last ingredient is systems and then went on to team. I tend to think of them as uh, almost like one ingredient, systems and team. But I'll break them down a little right now. So systems, you're a bookkeeper. You get systems, what and why they're important. What I'd like to remind you of right now is the primary reason they exist. So you might like to just think for yourself, pause for a moment, Why do I have systems or why do I need systems in my bookkeeping practice? They exist so you can keep your promises to your clients. There is nothing more important than keeping your promises to your clients, tasks and deadlines. Now, it sounds simple, I know, yet bookkeepers are struggling with retention and more because of their tendency to justify broken promises rather than lead, manage and systemize in order to make promises kept a zero tolerance policy across the board. So in just as an example, in my practice, the tiniest promise broken (laughs) triggers a process of review and improve um, because we know that promises broken is like a disease that kills business. We zero tolerance. If your client tells you it's okay, they're lying to you, it's not okay, and you've fractured their trust in you. People are polite. They will say it's okay. If you are, if you break promises, if you're less than professional, they'll say it's okay. Behind the scenes, they will not find it okay and they will probably look elsewhere. So absolutely systemize in your business, but be aware that it's to keep your promises to your clients primarily. Okay. I'm going to give you great sales and marketing systems and strategies and we can put them into your systems and we have a standalone course that gives you done for you systems we have done for you systems in our program but I just think it is so critically important to understand this concept of promises kept and there is so much data out there on organizations that focused on that and how they saw a doubling and a tripling of their revenues and their profits from focusing solely on promises kept if you cannot keep your promises to your clients Everything else will not have the impact that it should have. So please, please, please focus on that one and understand it's the primary reason why we have systems. The very last ingredient is team. So in terms of team, what I would like to tell you um, is about the two hats that you must wear and wear well. And they are leader and manager. You can do all the other stuff required to make a thriving team. But if you can't step up as a leader and a manager, you'll find yourself and your clients in a world of pain, okay? You'll hear other short thought leadership around team, around building a culture and all of these other things. And I, you know, there's, there's value in probably everything that you'll listen to and you'll read. 
but don't get caught up in trying to be like a corporate when you've got one or two or three on your team because you're not. You're a very small business. You shouldn't need a HR department. You shouldn't need layers and layers of management. You shouldn't have anyone on the team whinging or breaking their promises. (laughs) And the key to all of this is really clear leadership and really clear management and, of course, systems. A manager has five key areas of focus, which these are plan, organize, staff, direct, and control. I'll say them again. Plan, organize, staff, direct, and control. When you put your manager hat on, you need to be prepared to do those five things, to have those five key areas of focus in an uncompromising way. Those key five areas are to ensure that your team deliver deliver on your promise to your clients and do it in a productive, profitable way. I know all this because I've learnt the hard way. I've been a people-pleasing manager. I've expected team members to just do their job without the need for tight controls or for control generally. And what I've learnt is that there is no avoiding managing true managing, okay, plan, organize, staff, direct and control. A leader, because you're going to have to wear both hats until you recruit a manager and even when you recruit a manager, you'll still have to put the management hat on regularly along the way. But the other hat is leader, okay, so a leader sets and shares the organization's vision, that's your why, so your brand, and then provides high-level direction, You need to invest in being a great leader and manager. These skills do not fall ass first out of the sky. They're built like everything else. And you'll find more in my book. So there you have it. The seven ingredients to a thriving practice. So please do grab the free ebook from the show notes, which is designed to use as a how-to guide. You need to learn what you need to know so you can take the right action and then play the long game, improving year on year. And it's worth it, I know. I also have a program. It's called the Strategic Bookkeeper Transformation Program. I'm going to drop details of that in the show notes as well. And if you need me, I'm just an email or a social media message away. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have a question you'd like answered on my podcast, please email me, hello at thestrategicbookkeeper.global. Did you know we have a private Facebook group called The Strategic Bookkeeper's Way? There you'll find bookkeepers just like you on the same journey where you can ask questions and get support. You can find more resources and how to work with me at thestrategicbookkeeper.global. All the links are in the show notes. Have a prosperous week and I'll see you in the next episode.